A Quarreling Pair. The two puppets are sisters in their early 50s. The puppet stage should have a rod or a string dividing it down the middle to indicate two rooms. One puppet is seated on each side of the dividing line. If it is not possible to seat them, they will have to stand. Harriet, the older puppet, is stronger looking and wears brighter colors. I hope you're beginning to think about our milk. Well, I'm not. <clears throat> now, what's the matter with you? You're not going to have a visitation from our dead, are you? I don't have visitations this winter because I'm too tired to love even our dead. Anyway, I'm disgusted with the world. Just mind your business. I mind mine, and I am thinking about our milk. I'm so tired of being sad. I'd like to change. You don't get enough enjoyment out of your room. Why don't you? Oh, because the world and its sufferers are always on my mind. That's not normal. You're not smart enough to be of any use to the outside anyway. If I were young, I'd succor the sick. I wouldn't care about culture even, if I were young. You don't have any knack for making a home. There's blessed satisfaction in that at any rate. My heart's too big to make a home. No, it's because you have no self-sufficiency. If I wasn't around, you wouldn't have the leisure to worry. You're a lost soul when I'm not around. You don't even have the pep to worry about the outside when I'm not around. Not that the outside loses by that. You're right. But I swear that my heart is big. I've come to believe that what is inside of people is not so very interesting. You can breed considerable discontent around you with a big heart and considerable harmony with a small one. Compare your living quarters to mine, and my heart is small like Papa's was. You chill me to the marrow when you tell me that your heart is small. You do love me, though, don't you? You're my sister, aren't you? Sisterly love is one of the few boons in this life. Now, that's enough exaggerating. I could enumerate other things. I suppose it's wicked to squeeze love from a small heart. I suppose it's a sin. I suppose God meant for small hearts to be busy with other things. Possibly. Let's have our milk in my room. It's so much more agreeable to sit in here, partly because I'm a neater woman than you are. Even though you have a small heart, I wish there were no one but you and me in the world. Then I would never feel that I had to go out among the others. Well, I wish I could hand you my gift for contentment in a box. It would be so lovely if you were like me. Then we could have our milk in either room. One day in your room and the next day in mine. I'm sure that's the sort of thing that never happens. It happens in a million homes, seven days a week. I'm the type that's in the majority. Never, never, never. 
It happens in a million homes. Never, never, never. Are you going to listen to me when I tell you that it happens in a million homes, or must I lose my temper? You have already lost it. My horse was frozen like a stone a long, long time ago. Frozen near the flower bed in the wintry sun. Or maybe in the nighttime, or maybe not at all. My horse runs across the fields on many afternoons. Black as dirt and filled with blood, I glimpse him fleeing toward the woods, and then not at all. I'm coming with your milk, and I hope the excitement is over for today. Oh, why do I bring milk to a person who's dead set on making my life a real hell? Yes, why? Why, why, why? Oh, what a ridiculous riddle. You love to pretend that everything is a riddle. You think that's the way to be intellectual. There is no riddle. I'm simply keeping up my end of the bargain. Bargains, bargains, bargains. Will you let me finish, you excitable thing? I'm trying to explain that I'm behaving the way I was molded to behave. I happen to be appreciative of the mold I was cast in, and neither heaven nor earth is going to damage it. Your high-strung emotions are not going to affect me. Here's your milk. She enters Rhoda's side of the stage and hands her the milk, but Rhoda punches the bottom of the glass with her closed fist and sends it flying out of Harriet's hand. Harriet deals Rhoda a terrific blow on the face and scurries back to her own room. There is silence for a moment, and Harriet buries her face in her hands and weeps. Rhoda exits, and Harriet goes to the chimes and sings. I dreamed I climbed upon a cliff, my sister's hand in mine, then searched the valley for my house, but only sunny fields could see, and the church spire shining. I searched until my heart was cold, but only sunny fields could see, and the church spire shining. A girl ran down the mountainside with bluebells in her hat. I asked the valley for her name, but only wind and rain could hear, and the church bell tolling. I asked until my lips were cold, but wakened not yet knowing if the name she bore was my sister's name, or if it was my own. Rhoda, what do you want? Go away if you like. The moment hasn't come yet, and it won't come today because the day is finished and the evening is here, thank God. I know I should get some terrible disease and die if I thought I did not live in the right. It would break my heart. You do live in the right, sweetie, so don't think about it. I'll go and get your milk. 
I'll go too. But let's drink it in here, because it really is much pleasanter in here, isn't it? Oh, I'm so glad the evening has come. I'm nervously exhausted. <laughs> 